Welcome, you are listening to the first episode of the Ignition Podcast. My guest today is Sam Copley. Sam has been a photographer and car spotter since the age of 15. Sam, in this podcast, talks about the art of photography and how it's taken him to meet some amazing people that own some amazing cars. The humility and kindness Sam portrays is nothing like I've ever known before. He speaks openly and honestly about how he feels his career is going and how he feels the car community is displayed and through his various car meets, car drives and photography shoots, Sam has met some amazing people and I can't wait for you to meet him. So, here we go. Sam, welcome. How are we? How's it going? I'm good. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. So, a little question that I like to start off with is what ignited your passion for cars? So, it's a bit of an interesting one. Um, I had no interest at all, really, with regarding supercars or any cars for that matter. Um, if anything, I was more into um, like audio, like DJing, sort of like just music and stuff. Okay, yeah. Um, kind of fell, in love, fell out of love with that hobby. And a kid up the road. Um, I was still a kid at the same time. Yeah. Well, I was a teenager. We're both about teenagers. And basically, it was like, um, he just ran up to me. I was like, oh, there's a Aston Martin up the road. I was like, what do you mean? I was like, come have a look. And he started talking more and more about how we, uh, how we would go around finding photographs, you know, finding cars and photographing them. And that. I thought, well, I've got a hobby and interest in photography. And he just kept on going on and on and on and on. I was like, well, it's obviously quite good. Um, what I come up with you up London. So I'd done yeah. that and found um there's all videos and stuff when I first started up on YouTube, um, of like me finding La Ferraris, uh, Bugatti Veyrons, all that sort of stuff. Is that is that stuff still there? Is it still on YouTube still? <laughs> it's really embarrassing, but yeah, it's still up there. That's mad though, because you got all that stuff when you were younger. So I mean so you started off you started off car spotting them. Started off car spotting uh, 2015, local meets really. Um, started going brass hatch quite a bit um, because I li- literally live half hour away from there. So it's a convenient when I started out, well, when I was able to drive. I basically spent <laughs> spent uh, the first years of driving there, basically. It's, uh, yeah, it's, oh, it's, it's a great place down there, isn't it? It's, it's, it's amazing, sort of that track. I mean, I, I, I'm 20 minutes down the road from it as well. So it's brass hatch for me is my local track. I mean, I used to. I used to go car ages ago and he'd take around Donington and stuff, but yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, Buckmore Park was my, was my local. So you started off car spot. I mean, you started 15. How old are you now? Uh, I'm 24 now. Um, okay, so yeah. I've been doing this for about seven years now, but I thought seven years, 2015 I started. Um, okay. Really? So for those looking to start car spotting more and getting out, I mean, what advice would you give to those people? Just... Like, well, there isn't really much advice. Literally, just go out and enjoy yourself. Obviously, um, work out where, work out where all the cars are. There's a really good video from years and years ago. What seeing through glass done of uh, where to where to find the cars. How okay. to um, yeah, sort of like it's like a big route map of um, how how to find the cars, where to find the cars, and sort of like you know, Knightsbridge uh, and Mayfair area. It's a really good video. So um, maybe if there's like a link or something, I could send it to you. Yeah, I mean, so, we can put all that stuff down in the description of the podcast below. But yeah, so that's that's cool. So you started off um, doing that, and then so you've been taking taking. I mean, you've got a passion for for photography, and you've taken that to the next level. Because I mean, your your Instagram account is insane. You've got what eight thousand followers, and that's over eight thousand. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's not the biggest account. 
but at the end of the day, I enjoy what I do. I do it more for the enjoyment of creating pieces of art, um, using the car as sort of like a foreground object in like a landscape photograph or sort of like an urban environment. I just I just love creating pieces of art with automotive art, if you could even yeah. call it that. Yeah, you can, definitely. Yeah. And I absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. Yeah. So how, how are you finding it now, sort of with COVID and stuff? Did you, did you get out more of it? Or did you get less out? Or was was it easier? Because I guess the roads are empty. So believe it or not, well, obviously during the lockdowns, it was very difficult to be able to um, to be able to actually go out and shoot. You wasn't allowed to meet up. You know, it was one on one meet up. But when the meet, when uh, COVID restrictions eased, it blew up massively. So it was a massive peak and trough era throughout throughout the whole of COVID. Yeah, where you would where I'd have no shoots at all. And then it will go absolutely bonkers. I will not be able to keep up with it all. It was just insane. Yeah. But uh, it's interesting because at the minute, it's a bit quiet for me. Um, I've only had a couple of shoots, but um, hopefully as the weather warms up, it should be uh, should be able to um, get some more shoots booked in and actually be able to go out and drive and stuff like that. Yeah, people showing their cars off a bit more, getting the getting the air winter, getting them out of hibernation, getting them out of those covers, and getting them on the road because that's oh, tell me about it. That's what it is. It's more of just you, you can't bottle these cars up; they need to be driven. Absolutely. I, was, I saw on your your profile you got a couple. Is it is a McLaren Senna, wasn't it? Or is it McLaren Senna? That's my says. Yeah, you sent me some pictures of a really nice McLaren, green one, wasn't it? Uh, oh, the uh, the five hundred and seventy McLaren five hundred and seventy S. Ah, okay, yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, that, that was a, a review I'd done with a YouTuber called uh, Feathers of Tarmac. He's just starting out and uh, he's got a good network of uh, friends with nice cars and stuff. So, um, yeah, that was there. I come along every now and then and um, photograph the cars for like yeah. social and stuff like that and for the owners and that as well. Um, so, yeah, it's, 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 uh, yeah, that McCown's pretty cool. But it's, uh, there's some good, good hidden gems hidden around Kent area. In terms of car wise and stuff, and we've got Koenig's X Pagani's, um, multiple centers. So, yeah. Wow. Um, okay. So, if talk about that car, sort of car, I mean, what is, what is your dream car? What is the, what is the sort of, if you had no money, no, if you had no money, no money was an object, money wasn't a problem, what would you go for? I think it's got to be the Koenig's X 11, the, the yeah. silver car, the prototype. Um, and it's just something about that car, what, um, I just love the uh, the aesthetics of it. I just love how how the car design, the the technology behind it, and yeah. just the, the like I said, the philosophy behind it. I mean, the first uh, one megawatt powered car, I believe it was. It's got one one horsepower per kilogram. Yeah, it's it's, it's that Mad. it's that amazing ratio of mm-hmm. just what was it Christian von Koenig's able to do with the yeah. with the carbon fiber and how far he's taken it is is insane because you got the um, Oh, what's the, what's the new electric one? Is it the Guy Mira or something like that? It's sort uh, of... Jamira, I believe it's called. Yeah, Jamira. Yeah, that, Jamira that, thing, yeah. that thing's insane. I mean, it's sort of, was it the um, the little friendly giant? His, like, his two litre twin turbo straight through. So, yeah. Oh. It's a bloody three pot engine. It's a three cylinder. <laughs> three cylinder two... creating 500 horsepower. Oh. Could you imagine chucking out in a GI Yaris or something? I mean, there is there is a GI Yaris done by um, Seven Valley Motorsport. They've got 500 horsepower out of the. Um, out of that little three pot as well. So it's, it's possible. You, have you been at a GI Yaris yet? I've not been in one, no, not yet. The hype is actually real. 
Like everyone goes on about, oh yeah, GIO instance. And it died down a little bit, but actually if you go out and in one of them carts, they are very impressive for what they do and they do stick to the road. The only, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm probably going to get shot for saying this, but the only way I could describe it is probably a baby R35 GTR. Like genuinely, oh, okay. it's like, yeah. it sticks that much. It's ridiculous. I mean, literally, didn't say it drives like a go-kart because that is everyone's sort of no, hating lingo. It's just, R30, it feels yeah. like a go-kart. Oh, what is it? R36? Is it R36 GTR? No, R30. So the R35 R30. is the current one. The R36 is the, yeah. the new generation they're just bringing Sorry. out now. Yeah, what's, no what's the car what you've got? What I've got? The yeah, car I'm currently driving? Yeah. It's a EJ9 Honda Civic. So it's oh. 1.4. See, they're, they're, they're pretty interesting. They're is, pretty interesting. I mean, it's slow. It's 89 horsepower, so it's, it's not raising any eyebrows. I used to have a little um, 1.6 um, Mark, uh, Mark 1 R35, R53, sorry. That's the one I was on about. Minute. That's what you, R53, they're yeah. They're go-karts. They're that, go-karts. Oh, that car. I mean, it, the head gasket went in it twice within yeah. three months of me, of me oh. getting it. I know um, somebody where... He, oh. Drove two minis off R53s. It was a GP as well. And they both crapped themselves in one day. It's ridiculous. Um, but despite that, they're such a fun car to drive. I mean, you, I mean, they I would are. say as long as like, along with Alfa Romeo, so if you, if you live in the UK, you've got to own a mini once. I would Definitely. say hundred percent. That is the rule. So, I mean, my yeah. dream, I, I mean, my dream car is a little, um, I say, I say 1965 um, Cooper S. Mm. That is that is the pinnacle for me. And you talk about your your um, kind of say, I go completely the opposite way with a little classic 60s mini. Oh, yeah. I've got pictures all over my wall downstairs. It is just it is my my. Oh, I'm, obsessed, I'm obsessed with the things. They're, they're insane. They're insane. So so, how difficult is it to get hold of one of them? What's the sort of like the market? How much are they actually at the minute? So if you're looking terms- for yeah, if you're looking for a mint condition sort of perfect. Nothing needs done. Nineteen sixty-five. That that year with John Cooper, I think they're sitting at currently. Forget, forgive me if I'm wrong. Thirty-five, forty-five grand. Jesus Christ! I mean, some of them, some of them pushing for seventy. Like these no are no way. Mark Mark One, Mark Two, completely original, low mileage. Yeah, you're looking at seventy grand for these things. They are. Yeah, it just goes to show where the market's gone. It's gone absolutely ridiculous at the moment. It is the yeah, second car. I think our car market has gone absolutely insane. Trying to find a car at the minute is probably like a good, good, good car is hard, absolutely difficult because they've all disappeared, haven't they? Mm. Um, and and the price has just shot up through the roof. Um, but yeah, yeah I, I, mean, don't, I, I don't know where. How, well, I mean, look at our 34 GTRs. Where have they gone? They're pushing a mill now, aren't they? Something stupid like that for those. Um, so I don't know whether or not it's still up for sale, but there's a, uh, a R30, is it R33 G, GTR? Is it the R400? Yeah, yeah. The, um... Which is, it's, uh, I think it's the last, last chassis, the last chassis, I believe it is. Correct if I'm wrong, but it's up for sale for £1.6 million. <laughs> £1.6 just, just for a bit of Japanese metal and some, which will probably rust if you show it some little bit of salt, <laughs> <laughs> a little turbo, and that's that's what you're paying for one point six mil. It's insane. I mean, Bloody yes. Hell. So coming from coming from car photography, how are you how are you getting along with that? So how how is with clients and stuff and sort of sorting that out? Is how how does that go? 
What inter- What do you mean by that exactly? So you said you, you've gone from car spotting to car photography now and the clients you're getting. Yeah. So is it, you made the sort of, you made a little sort of like side business out of this. You sort of, do you... Yeah, so basically at the minute, I mean, I've got, of course I've got my um, normal job. Mm. Um, I say it's normal. It's not really normal at all. Um, but on the side, um, I do, it's how I get a hold of the clients. I say clients, I, I call it, you know, um, yeah. the people with the cars. Um, it's mainly going to meet networking, getting friendly. I mean, I, I'm, I would say, I mean, I just love talking to people. I love learning, learning about stuff and love yeah. sort of about learning. I don't even go into, but you get some people, uh, you know, you know, the, the big vlogger, um, YouTuber, oh, how, what do you do for your living in America? I don't do any of that. Um, it's just more about like the cars and just having a good time with them. So I get, I get friendly with them. And, um, yeah, if like, if they want a photo shoot, I'm more than, more than welcome to actually uh, provide that service for them. It's getting more to the point where I want to produce some high quality pieces of art. I've invested uh, quite a bit of money over the past year or so um, to produce what I feel was best quality photos, what I can produce. Literally only limit now is my creativity. Yeah. And that's it. I mean, that's exactly it. You take, you take your creativity, you take your fantastic equipment and you go take some pictures of some really cool cars. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you, you, you mentioned your, your job in this. So what, what would you do for a, for a living outside of the whole car thing? So it's very niche. So if you, so it's, a, it's part of detailing. Now, if you're into detailing, uh, there's a pod polishing company, polishing pod, pod polishing pad company, uh, completely ruined that called Lake Country Manufacturing. Uh, like I say, I specialize in air polishing pads for cars. Okay. Now, uh, with, with, with the, uh, with Lake Country Manufacturing, I haven't really got that much of a input like an auto finesse or, uh, or Maguire's over in Europe, in Europe and that. So that's where uh, a company called KDS Caltech comes in. Um, the guy, Kelly Harris, um, is globally renowned. If you're into detailing, um, he's globally renowned as one of the best detailers in the world. His techniques are very um, controversial, but they do work. Um, okay. I've, I've seen the evidence of this. So what's happened is so there's been a bit of a merger where Katie has been, um, it's going through a transition where we're basically turning into their learning center. Um, now I know nothing about detailing and um, I got headhunted by Kelly to be a videographer uh, slash media producer um, for Lake Country Manufacturing, almost like um, uh, what what is my? I don't even know what my uh, what I'm I'm class under. Sort of um, video production assistant as such. Yeah. But the thing is as well. Well, I know nothing about detailing. He's um, we're going to be creating this thing called a detailer's journey, uh, okay. where basically he's going to be teaching me. Uh, from the very, very basics of even how to clean the car, what to use, all the way up to polishing. I think we might even cover wet sanding. Now, wet sanding, you imagine like getting sandpaper and putting it toward, onto your car. Yeah. A bit no, sketchy. I, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine it to my car. I mean, the no. paint's awful, but I could, I could put sandpaper in near my car. That would, no. that would give me te- terrors, yeah. Well, well, the thing is as well, I mean, the stuff, the stuff for it, when you wet sand, it's not as bad as what, you, what people think it is. But as long as you know what you're doing, that's the main thing. As long as you know what you're doing, you can remove um, around, I think Kelly said, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm probably getting told off saying this, probably remove around about two microns of clear coat. Now, um, uh, your hair is 100 microns. So to be able to remove two microns of 
clear coat just by wet sanding you basically get a very very clean finish it's absolutely ridiculous and there's a lot of there's a very cool video actually coming up about wet sand and stuff on uh lake country manufacturing so it should be good uh, it should be good um good video to watch because yeah, that's, so is that on youtube or is that sort of just i guess that's it is on their, youtube they've yeah. got a channel and stuff they can you can find yeah. them on so yeah i mean it's uh, like country manufacturing um you'll get kelly uh, and i'll be joining that, that um joining the video soon with the whole details journey and also um more behind the camera editing and then um, setting up all the cameras and stuff um for you guys to enjoy basically well, that's amazing learn. mate that's amazing yeah. i mean i, I couldn't i couldn't be in front of camera <laughs> i would i wouldn't know what to say i'd be freezing up sort of getting but it sounds like you've got it all sort of figured out so that's, that's pretty cool i mean you say that i mean to be fair you, it's, it's literally i mean the only way how i'm talking right now is if i'm talking to you it's it's no it's yeah. no different really um you just it's that whole mental block isn't it once you get past the mental block like actually yeah, I don't look at this if I'm seeing like hundreds of thousands of viewers and stuff like that. I don't see it. I literally just see no. it as a camera or even actually as a person, really. Yeah. So it don't really you've got, that, got that weird relationship with your camera. <laughs> it's just it as a person. No, no, no. <laughs> it's that. Just, it's no. that intent. No, I'm joking. I'm only joking. This is, this is, no, the, the bad thing is that I do all this and I look back and go, oh, why the hell did I say that? <laughs> you know? But um, nah, yeah, all, I guess, all I guess here, mate. it's all good. Yeah. I guess that's why I left all the videos up on YouTube. They're absolutely embarrassing, but I've left them up because it's like we all start from somewhere. Um, yeah, you've got, to, you've got to have that sort of memory as well. You've got to keep it up there. Absolutely. Of course. So apart, so apart you've got your job that's away from cars. You, you said Jesus to me, you're a, you're a fossil hunter. I mean, I don't know anything about that. What is, what's uh, that about? So fossil hunting. So obviously um, it's a bit, it's proper niche, proper geeky. Um, where basically I go around um, coastal areas, I would say, many coastal areas, and you find uh, the remains of prehistoric animals like sharks, dinosaurs, um, ammonites. So basically, going through time, you've got a massive, um, uh, well, massive selection of extinct animals and stuff, and I go yeah. around hitting some rocks with hammers and finding them, basically, and putting them in glass door cabinets or selling them. Mate, fantastic. So um, I'm guessing you drive these places. What, what car do you drive on a regular? What's your, what's your daily? So I had a Mazda MX-5. As a Honda, as a car guy, that's not... I'm oh, missing man. out. Well, after, I mean, it sounds like you're quite local to me anyway, so drop me a message and maybe we'll sort something out or something. Yeah, they're brilliant. Brilliant. Okay. I mean, I'd love to be... Love to, so yeah, so how did you how did you come to picking that then? Um, so like I said, I mean, Lolota, I mean, ideally... Realistic dream car would probably be Mark Mark Three Exige or Noble M12, but oh, yeah. at the minute I just I just haven't got the capital to do that. Um, so I thought, okay, what's around about twenty grand to like have a, quite a bit of fun? And there actually isn't much about it. There, let's be honest. I, I I've shot myself in the foot with the MX5 because it's rear-wheel drive convertible. Yeah, uh, manual gearbox, and I love to drive. I mean, I've done forty, I would say forty thousand miles in that car, proper miles. And the yeah. car's been everywhere: Isle of Wight, New Forest, Wales, Mad. Peak District, um, and I want to do the same with this car. Yeah, pardon. Right. Have you ever done the um, NC five hundred, or have you not? Did you not get to do that up the Peak District sort of thing? So NC five hundred, I'm doing that next month with oh. uh, NC Supercar Meets. Not, I'm not driving, um, uh, unfortunately, but I'm doing a uh, photography for them. With with what supercar meets or SE supercar meets SE supercar, okay. SE 
supercars. Oh, okay, so yeah, Southie supercars. Oh, okay, well. Link to their description. Yeah. Well, shall we do that? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, we can do that, mate. Oh, I'm happy to put those in there. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, like I say, I mean, uh, it might be a good idea to to have a little bit of a look around sort of like attend their meets because they are bloody good and the, the calibre of vehicle, what, they, what turns up, it's just ridiculous. I mean, average, you normally get a centre turn up. Peter normally takes his centre along. Um, so, yeah, it's good good content, good um, good cars, good people, you know. Yeah. That's what the cast is all about. Exactly, yeah. Just just getting to know people and enjoying, enjoying cars and just getting, getting to share that is, is probably the most important part of car meets is bringing those cars to people that that wouldn't get the chance to sit in those cars, wouldn't, get, wouldn't ever get the chance to see those cars. But the car meets are sort of, you get all these like-minded people with, with this big passion and mm. and you get to sit in sit in a place and just admire all this engineering and all this, just the time taken to the craft these cars is just amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, just, it's just one of the things where you, you are correct, where people who are, if you don't know where they are, they are very, you know, they can be very hard to find. But once you start working at where the cars are uh, regarding meets, with regarding um, dealerships, I mean, I used to do quite a bit of dealership spotting. I mean, that's a good way of actually seeing the cars as well. Yeah. Doing a bit of dealership, um, going around lo- local dealerships. Um, and yeah, basically just building that portfolio slowly but surely. But like I say, it's just being around the cars, but mainly being around the good people around the cars is uh, quite important. That's probably what's kept me in the uh, in the hobby for such a long time, really. I would call it yeah. a hobby. Yeah, Because it's not? a bit of fun. Yeah, of course, why not? I'll call it a hobby all you like. <laughs> I'm not going to stop you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Brilliant. So you've got this amazing hobby. You do this, you, you just do it off the back of your, back of your, your photography hobby. Yeah. Uh, I mean, who's, what's the best car you've seen so far? That's like the one of the most difficult questions is like saying, What's your favourite car? Yeah. But then you got to do what's your favourite car in brackets. Um, oh, I love like 1 1. Okay, so 1 1, the prototype 1 1. Um, but you've pers- oh. the one you personally sat in, you've, you've maybe you've taken a photograph of or. Difficult, really difficult because I've I've been so fortunate to be in positions where I've seen some incredible cars. I've seen some, yeah, in, yeah incredible cars, unique cars. I mean, a really cool car. What I've probably seen uh, was actually earlier this year uh, where I was doing some photographing for a company, and it was in a, a storage facility. Can't say where. Can't say when. Um, <laughs> But it was it was in this bubble, and I look I look it was a F forty next to it, and I thought okay that's a cool car you know F forty okay whatever what's next to it a Ferrari, um I looked at the uh, looked at, it was in a you know the air bubbles and yeah, stuff yeah cover sort of over things. it yeah um and it had F one on it, McLaren F one. Oh man! Oh wow, that's cool. So I spoke to the uh, person who runs the place. So I was like, oh, it's a yellow car. I was like, what? Yellow F1? What's that all about? So I've done a bit of Googling. It's um, a delivery mileage car. Like, it's never, ever been driven. Um, it's got all, all the bits and pieces. It's still got the covers and stuff on the seat still. It's a, basically a <laughs> oh. pristine, brand new McLaren F1. It's your time, a time, time capsule as such. So I would say that was pretty cool, but there's loads of instances like that where I've seen some cool cars. 
I'm very spoiled. <laughs> yeah, you are. I'm, I'm jealous, but I'm very jealous. It sounds like you've had, but then you get, you've put yourself in these positions to, to see these cool cars. So. Yeah, but it's, it's one of the things like you just got to, you could be jealous all you like, but uh, well, people do. I mean, people are like, oh, how do you see these cars and stuff? But it's all about putting yourself in that position. If you, if you, yeah, anyone can do it. I mean, I, I'm just a normal bod. Basically, <laughs> I, I mean, I just, I've just spent seven years working out where to find the cars and sort of like spent seven years building up relationships with people who I can get more access to cars than me, I guess. Yeah. It's like say, the network, about, yeah. Yeah. But like I say, it's not about the cars, it's about the people behind the cars and how friendly they are. Yeah. I mean, you, 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 who's, you're talking to some, you're talking to some brilliant people in these car meets, these Who's I say, who's who's the person that stuck out the most? Who's the, uh, the the one car owner that you thought that guy clearly has a passion? That guy clearly knows what he's talking about. And he's 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 picked that car for a reason. There is a few people. Um, I'd say the guy from Feathers and Tarmac, Jacob. Uh, I would say where we had, uh, yeah, he's he's a, he's a number one twelve for absolute donkey shears, um, and he's. Proper, proper driver, proper car on that. Um, it's just one of the instances where it's like chalk and cheese, but uh, we kind of clicked. So, yeah, I, I would say him. Oh, like I said, loads and loads of people yeah, like that. Um, but that's probably one person who sticks out at the moment. Um, obviously, uh, a guy called Rich Rich Wisely. Um, he's got a Mark One Gallardo with a stupid exhaust on it. Um, and he runs a Trio Rally. Um, Trio Rally and sort of like uh, wires up events. So Trio Rally, they you know, go all over Europe and stuff. Um, I believe we're yeah. going off to Nürburgring later, uh, later on this year, which should be cool. But um, yeah, uh, you know, just just a couple, just a couple. But like I say, the more you get into the cars and stuff, the more you meet good people, and eventually you find sort of like people actually turn out to be your best mates and stuff. I guess. Yeah, and that's I guess it's all about building those relationships. Like I say, talking to some amazing people. Yeah, and just sort of clicking over this this sort of thing that is this car this car industry this 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 passion. So I mean, supercars of Kent. Where do you see that going in the future? I know it's bad. I really should have a goal, but to be honest with you, it's more about um, I want I want to produce more quality over over quantity. So like I said, I mentioned earlier that I went through a phase during lockdown where it just went absolutely mental, and I was kind of like overrun with um with uh well just not being able to uh, produce the shoots quick enough i guess yeah. so i want to be in a position where i'm able to shoot um a lot of high quality cars but in in my own times if that makes sense so basically i want to produce photos of some really really cool cars but take my time with them um and i want to shoot more and more crazy cars yeah um like the, the goal this year is to shoot the Holy Trinity um, okay. one by one because I know I'm not going to get all them cards together. So if I can achieve that, then yeah, that, that's that's a goal for this year. That is that's a, that's a brilliant goal. I mean, there's no reason why you can't get all three of them together. Yeah. If you, if, you build, if you build the network well enough and you talk to enough people, there's no reason why you can't find a, of a, course. P, a P1, a 918, and a, is it the, the, the uh, LaFerrari, isn't it? That's it. That's yeah. it. I mean, I guess, I guess with... Um, it's, again, it's just building up this network. I mean, the people who will look up to is probably someone like Axe Penfold. 
um, who is renowned to be one of the best automotive photographers uh, in the world. I would say you've got people like Larry Chan. Yeah. Um, you've got, uh, what is it, GF Williams. GF Williams is quite cool. He's more commercial photographer. He uh, he done press stuff for McLaren P1 uh, and Koenig's F11. Um, but yeah, I kind of, I kind of get inspired by them yeah. uh, because I mean, the network, what, they, what they've got is just ridiculous. I mean, them guys can snap their finger and shoot an F1 tomorrow, if that makes sense. So uh, to be into that, to be in that position, obviously they're about six, seven years ahead of me in terms of like, yeah. but yeah, to be able to do that. Yeah. It'd be an absolute goal. That's amazing, mate. It's amazing. You've got, you, but you have got. You see, you haven't got a goal, but you have got. You clearly have got a great goal, which is yeah, which is the Holy Trinity. And that's, I mean, you say you mentioned like Larry, Larry Chen, and you said Geoff Williams or Jeff Williams or whatever. That's it, George. Yeah, yeah. George. Yeah. So these people, I mean, you, I mean, you clearly see yourself becoming one of these guys. I mean, you, you've got that. You've got that drive. Yeah, you've got that ambition. So I mean, what, what, what do you feel like is stopping you apart from the lack of people you, that you know? Um, this is very, it's a good question. Very, very good question. What's stopping me? Probably my creativity. I'm not exactly the best businessman, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I would say probably that my creativity. I mean, it's just a big, I mean, photography is such a massive learning curve. You're always learning no matter what. If you think you know everything, then you're definitely wrong. Um, and there's, you, you think the learning curve, well, the, minute, the minute you feel the learning curve starting to plateau, you find something new and you just end up like, it ends up blowing up even more. So there's always more to discover. I mean, like light painting, um, that's a bit of a, bit of a craft in itself um, to, be, to be able to produce some photos of um, cars at night. Um, yeah, it's just... So what is, I mean, what is your favourite sort of uh, skill you've learned from photography and and um, using cars, especially as sort of your subject? I definitely think it's light painting. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Because it's uh, one of the things where you get complete control of the uh, situation as in the car itself. I mean, how you position the car, but also how you can present the car. This is what uh, a lot of people, um, like a lot of press releases have all done in studios and stuff like that. So to be able to get studio sort of environment out on, an actual location, like one of my favorite locations is the containers to be able to shoot there uh, at night and have complete control of the lighting is absolutely brilliant. And then you'll be able to stack them all in Photoshop, um, have a massive play around. So again, you've got massive yeah. control of that to create your own unique piece of art, I would say. Yes. I mean, I, 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 mean, I don't know much about light painting. So you say it's just you getting, moving the light source around. Is that it? Or is it, and you can kind of, <laughs> Uh, yes, yeah, basically. Yeah, so basically you take long exposure photographs and you walk around the car bit by bit by bit. It's a more more complicated than that, but yeah. um, just to summarise, you walk around the car, take multiple pictures of the light at different light sources at different points to create like shadows or contrast or anything like that. Yeah. You stack them all in Photoshop. And would you like, I mean, you say you just, you just started this amazing journey with with um, Lake Lake Manufacturing, Lake Country Manufacturing, Lake yeah. Country Manufacturing. Sorry, that's what. Would you Would you like Supercars of Kent to take over that? Would you Would you like that to be the only thing you're doing? Would you reckon you'd enjoy that more than working for a um, detailing company, or, or are you happy doing both? To be honest with you, at the moment, I'm quite I'm kind of happy doing both. 
because it's it's um it's a new adventure for me because it's more videography than yeah. uh, than photography. Um, so I'm learning loads of new skills um, with regard to camera gear, uh, lighting, um, detailing, mainly. Um, but like I said, I haven't even picked up a polisher yet. So we're yet to find out how good or how bad I am at uh, detailing. So that's going to be a like I said, it's going to be an interesting um, topic. That but going back, I don't think. I mean, I would say I'm quite happy with how how I am at the minute with regarding the stable income. It's what I've always liked. I feel like the stable income um, because of photography. If you if you guys are professional, um, you just started out. You know, it's very peak and trough. There is no stability, if that makes yeah. sense. Um, I'm going to give you a bit of perspective. If I didn't have uh, the job at the minute, I'd probably be screwed because a lot of people don't realise how difficult it is to try and get out there. Even though I've been doing it for seven years. Um, if you don't have a good business business model on you, you will struggle. Simple as. Yeah. That's why I like keeping it as more of a hobby, but take, yeah, I would say a bit more of a hobby, but um, I would say a bit of a, a bit of money on the side. I don't go fully professional, but I would say I'm intermediate professional. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> intermediate professional. <laughs> I mean, without, without getting too, too personal, if you don't mind me asking, how's that no, affected on. your personal life and stuff? How's that going? It's very difficult. Um, I basically live cars. Basically live cars. There is there is no in between. It's just I mean if I if I'm if I've got the shoots at the minute, um it's kind of actually wanna get a bit personal. It's kind of a struggle at the moment. Because yeah. for the past I'd say three, four years, I've been continuously doing photo shoots. I mean I would there's there wouldn't be a, there wouldn't be a, a single month where I would go I wouldn't go without a shoot. But this year I've shot a Nomad and a 992, 991.2 GTS and that's it for this year. So mental health has been a bit of a struggle. So it's like, well, yeah. what's happened here? Um, it's called, almost like an obsession to take photographs if you think of it like that. But um, So how's that? How's it taken you from going, being as insanely busy to, to only having one or two photos a month? I mean, how's that been? Well, it's kind of, it's frustrating because it's... Um, I don't know the reasons behind it. That's the thing. Obviously, with a uh, lockdown uh, back in COVID times, it was um, there was an excuse for it. But uh, I'll, I've been doing photos and stuff. I shot a top of the super in the absolute pouring rain. There would be no issues at all. But I don't know what's uh, I don't know what the situation. I haven't looked at the algorithms and then a combination of that and Instagram being very very pushy with regarding the whole reels and stuff. Now, yeah, it's kind of um, kind of a bit difficult. I need to uh, maybe. Do you find consult. you're, yeah, you're forcing yourself to maybe look at doing reels and you say you just started this videographer sort of job. I mean, exactly uh, it. those I skills mean, and getting coming hand in hand. Absolutely. I mean, if anything, it's uh, this new job, uh, the uh, pro, um, video production assistant uh, slash videographer editor has, has kind of come in at probably the perfect time because obviously everything's all moving to uh, photography's slowly being faded out because of stuff like TikTok coming on board forcing um youtube instagram and stuff to go more towards the short videos and stuff yeah it's kind of difficult for still photographers to kind of exist in the modern world i would say um unless you're doing um private photo shoots for other magazines or even uh, like i said private photos should i say for individuals who want maybe prints and stuff and maybe print for me i'm thinking maybe it's prints the way like acrylics and aluminium prints the way forward for me in terms of keeping the, you know, the, the steel side of thing going. Yeah. 
because I know you've got companies like Display, which taking on private private photographers to display their work. Yeah, exactly. And uh, do you feel? Do you feel? I mean, do you feel like it's a shame that TikTok and stuff has come along and has taken? Would you say it's taken with still photography out of the picture? Excuse I my don't pun. think it's a shame that TikTok exists. I think it's good that that platform exists because obviously, I mean, I don't personally have it. Um, because I found myself doom scrolling an awful lot. I just wasted a lot of time. Um, But um, I just find it a shame that, obviously you have to move the times. I just find it a bit disappointing that um, Instagram, uh, which is a, you know, photo producing um, social media platform is forcing photographers to basically change into videographers. Yeah. Um, and YouTube going from long content, uh, you know, uh, long, well, what was it about 10 minute long videos and stuff to create, to force feed in, um, reels and stuff like that on their platforms and stuff. So basically it just feels like TikTok's kind of forced a new formula onto people, creators, should I say? Yeah. I mean, that's the whole thing with grabbing people's attention. It's that seems to be the new social currency is, it's how much someone's attention you can grab. And if you can grab it for, for five seconds, according to the algorithm, that's good enough. And you've, it's almost as good as doing that for five seconds. It's better than having a photo and someone appreciating that photo for five seconds. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, um, yes, yeah, regarding, sorry, uh, I've been watching a sort of like doing a lot of research on the uh, video, uh, videography and, um, basically how to catch people's attention. Uh, because obviously, uh, do it, you know, try to set up all cameras and stuff. And, um, you look at uh, YouTubers like Mr. Shark, uh, Mr. Beast, should I say? Um, and he's the way the way the uh, the way the videos continue. It's always something going on. It's always dynamic change and stuff like that. Instead of like, a long, long process. So, and obviously reels and stuff basically enhance that to the point where uh, people's attention spans are just shrinking and shrinking and shrinking. There's actually a scientific study out where I believe back in the nineties the human attention span was. I think it was 12.5 seconds and um, back in 25th, uh, I think it was uh, between t- uh, 2010 and 2020, there was a statistic where it said that shrunk to about eight seconds. So it's slowly but surely shrunken down. I believe that well, was how anyways. You, how are you supposed to grab people's attention if they're racing cars for 24 hours in an endurance race? I mean... <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Uh, um, I used to I used to watch those videos on YouTube all the time. There's the the, the Norse Life 24 Hours, one of my favourite things to watch. Yeah, just watching those videos, it kind of just, it gives you that that it's like the 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 what sort of the courage of these guys going around in the pitch black, in the rain, in the fog, driving it within an inch of their life because they can't see the guy next to them. It's absolutely absolute suicide, basically. Have yeah. you? Um, I've not been to the Nurburgring, but. Have you been to Nurburgring? Have you, oh, have I, you... I, I went. I went round in um, one of the uh, M3s. I do like those experiences. <sighs> and, and, oh, mate, mate, mate! Let me tell you, the guy driving, he was having a full conversation with us, completely. That <laughs> his hands were flying around. He was turning like he was. I was at one point facing a barrier. He was facing the trees, <laughs> but no he was way. fine. And it's it's. I mean, I was about I don't know, ten, twelve, really, and. I, I have no, I have no words about it. I just remember sitting that I got to, I got this in the passenger seat. I was with my, my dad and my brother. And my dad was like, I won't fit in the passenger seat, but clearly he wanted me to sit in front. And 
just watching this guy drive this car in a way that I hadn't seen anyone else drive a car before and being next to that amazing talent. Like I, I love the old go-karting session. Don't get me wrong. It's, it's what gave me this sort of passion for cars and stuff, but just admiring the skills these guys have and the the willingness to put their like lives on the line, just, just to Mm. uh, entertain some people and to, to prove they're better than someone else is amazing. That's oh, absolutely ridiculous. Did you find when you was out in that M3 that uh, you you was almost I don't know how to describe it, almost like relaxed, like you you trusted the guy to the point where you know what the guy's doing, so you just like relax and like allow him to like crack on and have a bit of fun, or was you a bit terrified? I was. You start off terrified, but like you say, you you, you, you trust comes through the, the yeah. track, and by the by the halfway through, and you're you're up to the carousel, and you're just kind of like. I think the carousel was the bit that kind of makes or breaks. And he was, he was following this, this up GTI around the carousel. And he was like, that up is going into the wall. And three or four corners later, the up was in a wall. And I was like, how would you, how can you, how can you figure that out? How do you know based on someone's driving that they're going to go into a wall? You can just tell, man. You can just tell. It's, it's, it's crazy when you, uh, when you, uh, have you been on any drives or anything uh, around the UK or anything like that? Have you actually been out on a proper drive with people around you? Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's, it's the the question is how far did I go and how fast did I go? But you know, it, yeah. I've been on. Well, my mate has in a bath and following him through. He's, I mean, he's 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 put a big bigger turbo on it. It's making like two hundred and sixty at the crank. <sighs> In and a bath, is yeah. that thing's insane. He said the other day he was he was going up against a um a C sixty three, and even though even though he had no chance, he was he was still keeping up. He was keeping up with him after a bit, and I was like, those things are amazing. But yeah, I've done a fair few drives around yeah. around, around Kent, not not anything more. No, I don't, that, I don't think that many would that many would last any longer. <laughs> First but, half hour, half hour ago, bang. Yeah. Um, you, I'm guessing you've been on quite a few. Yeah, I like organising drives and stuff. I just, I just love getting out and about. Um, but no, I mean, uh, where do where do I even go from this? There's two ways I could go with this. Um, no one's going to arrest you. It's fine. Carry on. No, it's not even that. It's just uh, I'm one of these people who drive. Who I would say I'm quick but cautious. Like if I'm going around a corner and I'm sort of like, I know it's, I don't know what's around the corner. Of course I'm going to slow down on that. Um, there's got to be a, like a special country roads and stuff where you've got to have like balance between going quick and enjoying yourself, knowing what's yeah. around the corner. Um, but I guess my question was, uh, well, not a really question, but it's almost like, do you feel like you can tell the difference between a good driver and a bad driver? Especially when you actually, when you go and go kart as well. Where you go, actually, you know what? They're actually a really good driver just by the look of them. Because I've, I'm gonna let you know, I've been on drives where, I, I, yeah, that was it. I organised a drive and I, I had to say, go with his ST come along. And uh, it was like doing burnouts and stuff like that. I was like, what a pleb. And uh, he, he left and done a massive burnout. And um, I said to the guys, I was, on, I was taking photographs, I said to the guys, he's going to crash that car. Literally got a call three hours later, he broke the car off. Yeah, I mean, that is. I mean, clearly he was being a pleb, as you say, well, yeah, just doing burnouts. But it's, it's yeah, not I think even there that. Is... It's just like, it's just the mannerisms to how they go down the road. You can tell they're just not very. They're either overconfident, or they're mainly actually yes, mainly it's overconfidence. 
um, yeah, I think there's definitely some characteristics like you look into sort of the good drivers and the bad drivers. But I mean, I'm not a driving instructor. I don't, <laughs> I no. couldn't tell. But yeah, I mean, go-karting, you know the people that are good, maybe they're bad because the good guys, they won't, they won't turn around and look behind them. They no. know what they're doing. They're not going to, they're not worried about Jimmy coming up their bum. They're aware the the of their surroundings, which because, is good. Yeah, they're aware, that that's it. I think it'd be awareness and the, the confidence to, to keep straight and to keep to the line, stick to the line. And even if there's someone quicker than behind them, They've got that. They know someone's behind them. I to look behind them because you'll feel it. You'll feel the the wind of the car when you when you when you're braking, and you can feel the sort of that. Well, there is that little nudge, and you know that nudge is you have not hit a wall with someone behind you. Yeah. So, but there are little things I think that comes that comes with practice. But in terms of like say good drivers and bad drivers on the roads, you, yeah, you've got that. You've got the over the over cocky Jerry's with their burnouts and their and their oh look at me, well I can do I can do a donut. It's the it's the, yeah. it's the it's the quiet but understated ones that I think you know. It's that quiet confidence where they'll sit in the car, they'll do their things, they won't say a word. They're not going, oh, watch this. There is yeah. just that still calm confidence when you're in the car with someone, or you're watching someone drive, or you're behind someone, and Absolutely. they're not they're not flashing their lights, they're not beeping their horns, they're just driving no. because that's what they know to how to do, and that's that's what they do really well. Yeah. No, I definitely agree. Do, do you feel I'm? Um... I mean, River Garden sort of go kart, and do you feel there's a lot more courtesy in in go kart than there is like on the road or such? As in, um, when you're out on a drive, do you feel as a you get a lot more? Is it a lot more aggressive when you're doing go kart, or is it a bit more um, respectful? Because obviously, when you're on a drive, yes. uh, stuff it can be depends on who you're doing it with. I tend to, uh, I've, I, I've gone to the point where I, I pick and choose who I who I invite on drives and stuff because okay. I don't want to invite someone come along and basically. I've been on drives before, not my own, but I've been on drives before. And I've had M2 scar poles. I've had a, <laughs> yeah, that sort of stuff. Um, obviously, I've looked in rearview mirror. M2 M2 has just gone up poles. Like, what on earth? And how how do you how do you pick and choose? What would what was sort of like? What's your sort of criteria for? A- so it's a bit. It's a bit of. Um, uh, so basically, I'll, I'll post that on social media. Hey, look, I'm doing a drive. Whoever wants to come along, come along. And then I'll basically. Uh, then basically I'll just literally analyse how they are. If they're driving like a complete dickhead, um, then obviously I won't invite them at all. But if I think actually they're they're um they're a good driver, they're sensible, they respect the road, they respect other road users, um uh, you know, mainly like cyclists and stuff like that, um, then I'll send a message, like a private message if I'm going out on like a tour, on the drive and stuff, I, I don't post on social, but like, hey look, I'm going on a drive, do you want to come? Because obviously, you know, I think you're if you're a decent person, the way you drive and the way you respect and stuff, respect the road, and um, you know, you understand how you how you control your car. So yeah, let's go. And um, what's it like have the difficult conversations with the with the overconfident Jerry's and those sort of people? How do you go around that? How do you do that? How do you sort of not not their ego, but sort of go around it in in a, in a way that's sort of like respectfully. I I I don't want you on the drive. How do you go around doing that? I guess it's like, I guess I'll be, be around the bush. Or I'll be honest with you, I'll be around the bush. Just don't, um, I've never, I've never really come across that yet. I've never really been like, do you know what? I can't have you on a drive anymore. I've had situations where I've been on a drive. Um, I'm going to say it. Um, I've been on a drive somewhere in the UK. Yeah. Um, run by another society um 
and this guy was driving a particular car like an absolute idiot um and everyone at the club said look you need to slow down you obviously he's only driven in london he's never been in the countryside or anything like that um and he was against a gr yaris gr yaris is very very quick and this guy in his supercar thought it would be even quicker he got overconfident overtook on a blind corner apparently and ripped off the side of his car like completely clean like side skirt everything gone just on on the Gio Yaris or just no, on, no, the... on the Gio Yaris was fine because the guy was local he, yeah. he knew the roads like no one else obviously the guy with the uh, with his particular supercar he didn't it was in London he lived in London and that um, so he doesn't know how to drive the car properly. Obviously, with stuff like Audi R8s and the modern supercars and stuff, you could get in them. Um, like Veyrons, for instance, you could get in them and you can drive very quickly, very, very easily. Whilst yeah. regarding stuff like the older stuff, like S2000s, MX-5s, your car, the, uh, you know, Civics, Minis, yeah. you have to you have to work them a bit harder, which is what I like. I mean, that's why I get the S2000. I want to drive a car. Yeah, well, I don't want... need to be going stupid, stupid speed to actually enjoy. Yeah, because you get that sort of, the, it, I can't remember, what's the red line? Is it 9,000 on the S2? It's 9K, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like even the Mini, it was 7.5, but you had to work for the 7.5. There was yeah. there was no sort of instant turbo torque, or I put my foot down at 2.5, and, and then at 5 it stops, and then it kind of tapers off. There is yeah. there's that constant sort of gradual acceleration, which mm. it, I think in the Mini, Kind of, I, I mean, I've driven other cars, but the Mini was definitely sort of, it, it does stand out. And if I had the money, I'd definitely get another one. Because I'd say so. I'd go back to it because those cars, I mean, I, I'd want to do more. I didn't do too much with the first one. Yeah. It was basic mods. I, I, did, I, did, a, I did a crank, not crank, I did crank pulley, uh, stuff like that. It was kind of oh, lighting yeah. that bit up. The the cam, I got a slightly slightly bigger cam and then an air filter and a, and a tune. And that was, that was enough. I think it yeah. was, Rated for about 200 in a mini. I don't think it need any more than that. You don't need to, I mean, what would you say the limit is uh, with uh, obviously uh, minis and the baths and stuff like that, the front wheel drive, but they have uh, quite a bit of torque. Yeah. What would you say the limit is for a front wheel drive vehicle in terms of horsepower? What would you say is that point where it's actually, you know, it's a bit too much for the chassis to handle? I think it depends on the car, but so let's like, say in a bath, I don't think you should go over 200. But then again, if you go over 200, you just, all the wheels just wobbling and then you have to like proper grip for life. But the, the mini was quite a wide wheelbase and people are getting, people are getting 280, 300. Yeah. There are, I mean, there's one with 415, but this is like Lohan mini. They do it, they drag car. Yeah. But I'd say uh, definitely for front wheel drive. I mean, I mean, they say it's what 300 because of the diff can't, oh, so, so. diffs can't take it. Yeah. But, I mean, the Ford Focus RS. That's got way over, way over 300. I can't remember. I think it's four. Uh, you want about Mark 2 or Mark 1? Um, I'm talking about the the newest one. Mark, Mark 3 is uh, four-wheel drive. Yeah. So that's how it keeps the power down on that. Uh, yeah, but so, what is it? Yeah, when you go in a, a bath and stuff, they're just, they're just hilarious cars, aren't they? They're yeah. just torques here all over the road and that. They're just, it's just so full of character. Um, some yeah. of the minis. Um, so... I think um, I think we're nearly we're nearly there, aren't we? Nearly coming to the end. So there is there is there is a question that I I want to pose to you as sort of a last question. And take take as long as you need to think about this. But if you could only drive one car on one one piece of road anywhere in the UK, um, Germany, anywhere in Europe, anywhere in the USA, what car would you pick? 
what track would you drive? Mm. Mm. Take as long as I need, yeah. Take um, as long as you need. I can always shoot. edit it out. <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll keep it in. I'll just go. I'll just go work it out. Um, because I mean, let's just think about your thought processes. Are you going supercar? Are you going hatchback? Are you but it's the thing, like family at the minute, saloon. At the minute, I'm going in my head. I'm saying MX5 because that's all I've known. I've driven driven the MX5 everywhere on all sorts of roads and stuff like that. And I believe in the UK, there isn't really anything much better um, in terms of. But then again, you've got GT4s, which are nice, and you've got Lotuses. Which is really, really cool. And then, of course, you've got a Noble. A Noble, what, what, Fairs and Tarmac has done with that car is stupid. Yeah. Um, oh, it's just, it's just like choosing your favourite pet or like choosing, I'm, I'm, for me, at this moment in time, in my head, I'm saying MX-5 wows. 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 Wow. Definitely go Wows. I recommend it. Doesn't matter what car, just go Wows. Just, just, just go. That's I mean that's something I would really that I would really think about. But yeah, so you'll say MX Five and Wales. At the moment, yeah. Bro. But I've yet to drive an S two thousand, so I'll let you know what that is. <laughs> Please do, and hopefully, hopefully, I can get get involved with that. Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, uh, uh, yeah, we'll organise some Yeah, stuff. we do definitely have to. Maybe cool. we, maybe even organise stuff like like podcasts or something at Brands Hatch. Yeah, I mean I've got I've got many plans to do podcasts. I want I mean I want to host a show at Goodwood. I would oh, love really? to I would love to do this with some guests at Goodwood. I mean that is that is apart from some other stuff that is up there. Like I said that's that's my um, taking a picture of the Holy Trinity. Yeah, doing doing. What are we talking about? Festival of Speed. Yeah, not what are you doing that? Well, no, I, I'd love to do. It. I'm not I, I'm not doing it, but. Like oh, I'd, I'd love, I'd love to do a, like a live you podcast. Set up a little stool or something at Festival Speed, while exactly. that Ferraris, that FXKs flying by. Fantastic. Well, Sam, it's it's been a pleasure. Thank, no. thank you so much for giving me your time and sort of lending yourself to that. It's been a, it's been, it's been, it's been, it's been fun. No, I really, really appreciate it. Thank you for, uh, well, thank you for the opportunity. Uh, yes. Super glad, uh, super glad to do this. And um, if anyone is interested in doing a podcast with us guys definitely drop a message because it's been a lot of fun oh, <laughs> thank you very much I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed yourself no it was really good really appreciate it alright cool that was Sam and let me just say after that conversation I think that I, I can't wait to meet more people and doing the first podcast has given me, given me such a thrill speaking to people that you share a passion with and that you can have a, a, a long sort of Meaning, meaningful conversation is something that I can't wait to explore more of and I hope that the people listening to this that you'll subscribe you'll follow that you'll share the podcast because I want to have more of those conversations and I'd love for more people to hear that people like Sam that started off 15 uh, taking uh, photos of cars up in London those YouTube videos that he did uh, stuff like that just the youth and the joy that Sam portrays when talking about cars is is amazing. And if you or if someone like you would like to be on the podcast, or you know of anyone dying to tell their story, email me at harry at ignitionpod.com. That's harry at ignitionpod.com. 
drop me an email or DM me on Instagram at weareignition. And don't forget to follow the podcast, get notifications because there are some brilliant people coming up and I've got some extremely great stories to to tell you guys. All right. Well, this is me. I'm Harry. This is the Ignition Podcast. Thank you for listening.